0: Welcome to the Human Design Collective podcast, where we explore this system as a unique map of our potential, from the mundane to the mystical. If you're looking to dive deeper into human design, we invite you to our Living Your Design workshop. You can start the course at any time and participate in live meetings with John Cole and Amy Lee. The next foundation course, the Rave ABCs, explores the circuitry of the body graph and the structure behind the hexagrams of the I Ching. It is the beginning of truly seeing the mechanics of the Maya the energetic dynamics that shape our experience. For more information, go to courses.humandesigncollective.com. Our Spotlight episodes take a quick look into the core design concepts and questions from our listeners. If you are new to human design, these can offer insight into the foundation of the system. And if you are more experienced or have gotten lost in the details, these are reminders of what is simple and essential. If you have a specific question for us to discuss, you can submit it by going to humandesigncollective.com or see the show notes.
1: Amy and I wanted to look at this question of health through the context of human design today. In human design, it's often said that the body is the life. And we can see through tools like strategy and authority, human design is giving us some points of reference for coming back to our bodies, for essentially letting the mind take its proper role in relationship to the body, as opposed to the mind being the driver of the life, the decision maker of the life, or going a step further with it, looking outside of ourselves, looking to others to tell us what is correct for our bodies, how we should be eating, how we should be living, what is considered normal, what is considered healthy. So when we look at this through human design, we see it pointing us back to ourselves, back to our form consciousness, the innate intelligence of our body, recognizing that it's going to be different for all of us. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach that's going to work. And often that one-size-fits-all approach will result in various types of health conditions. We may find that certain diets don't work with us. We might find that we had information from someone who was well-intended who was trying to help but they're essentially going off what works for them so how do you look at human design as something that can assist that process of living a healthy empowered life where we're reducing the resistance that's put on our body and we're operating in a way that is in alignment with our unique nature
0: I think the real point that I see in it is that this system as a body of knowledge is giving us some tools for being able to navigate what is healthy for us. And so following strategy and authority is not just about, you know, finding the activities that we enjoy or navigating toward the relationships that are right for us for the sake of feeling fulfilled it is partly about that but it's also about how we take care of ourselves and how we support the natural intelligence of the body which is really what's there to guide us and i don't think it's a all or nothing kind of thing it's not about well you're a hundred percent responsible for your life and you and your health and you just need to You know use your own awareness to sort that out for yourself for most of us we're going to come to points in our life where we need support or we need some expertise or we need some guidance or we need some kind of influence from somebody who knows something very specific about some aspect of health i think the real point is that it's an interactive process it's a both and kind of process and some of the tools in human design give us framework for being able to know who to work with or which modalities to use or which practices really work for us or not. And if we take an active, engaged part in, in our own health, I think that's the best way to go. And I think that's what a lot of people find when they're navigating health crises, that we can't totally rely 100% on the advice that we get from the outside world or the information that we've received from any particular person or body of knowledge. But if we take responsibility for ourselves and we listen to both the intelligence inside of us, the inner authority inside of us, and we use that to help navigate whatever tools or practices we use to support our health, that that's kind of the best way to go. And for some of us, that can be a scary process. For some of us, we're really used to having certain aspects of our lives be controlled and designed and directed by an outer authority human design offers a certain kind of liberation and support for saying, yes, those things are important. And you have an inner knowing that's there and you can feel that through your body, which we can see through different aspects of the body graph and different aspects, even of the substructure. You have things within yourself that can help you to navigate that. So use both, You know, use them interactively and take responsibility for yourself, for the way your life is going and for your health. And I think that's an experimental process for most of us. You know, When I see people going through certain health issues that they may be navigating, I think that's what they start to find is that it's a very interactive process.
1: Even say that it's our inner authority, our own inner sense of what is correct and healthy for us that will meet the conditioning, the influences coming in from the outside world, through the program, through our relationships. And if we're dealing with some sort of health concern that we're working with, there may be times where we seek out guidance and support from professionals and we can use our inner authority to navigate that. Who is correct for us? How does it feel to work with this person? Does their awareness and what they're sharing with us Does it resonate in our direct experience? And see, all right, well, I'm going to try this diet. I'm going to eliminate certain foods from my diet. We can watch that over a period of weeks or a month and then have our own experience of how we feel while we're doing that. Do we have more energy? Do we feel more tired? Do our conditions that whatever we're kind of tracking and watching, are they improving? And so it is a bit of a dance. It's not like you're saying about like just handing over our health to some outside source, or it's not about making decisions all by ourselves in a vacuum without taking anyone else's input or uh, information that may be valuable. A lot of it I think is gonna come down to what actually works, what makes a difference in our lives.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's making me think of how, for me, as a mental projector, I spend a lot of, you know, a lot of my awareness, a lot of my focus, a lot of my attention is either focused on others, or it's focused on, you know, what's happening in my mind. And part of my deconditioning process has been to learn to also be aware and pay attention to what I'm taking in and what I'm processing through my body as I'm interacting with different people and different experiences in my life. I can remember at different points where I've almost felt like the body was a burden. Like, would you just shut up already? Would you like stop having problems? Just like, I just need to get this work done or I just need to accomplish something or I just want to figure something out um, or I just want to focus on this or that. And could you just like shut up and be fine? Almost like I I just didn't want to deal with it in a way. I think it took some experiences of getting to actually feel what it was like when I was really in the right place, in the right context, with the right people, when I was really being recognized or able to share what I am. Starting to notice when I was in situations where I felt really natural, where I felt really at ease, where I felt like it was just good to be me. Um, or where I felt like I belonged, like I was in the right place at the right time. And when I would have those experiences, I would find I actually enjoyed being in my body more. I was enjoying my sensory experience more. I was able to pay more attention to it because it wasn't just a source of pain or resistance. Once I started having more of those experiences and trusting those experiences for myself, then I started to allow myself to navigate more from that than from what I thought I should be doing or who I should be doing it with or how I should be doing it. I think out of that, I really started to get a sense of, oh, I actually appreciate my body. I actually love my body. I actually can get a lot of awareness and information and intelligence out of my body if I pay attention to it. But I think sometimes it's hard to listen to the body if it's in pain or if we've gotten really, Condition to being in chronic situations where we're either overriding what we're feeling or we're trying to ignore it or make the body shut up and just focus on what we want to focus on or do the right thing or whatever that is, it can actually become a real distraction. So part of what strategy and authority can offer us is a way to start to have experiences where we do get a sense of what does it feel like when I feel at ease and I feel natural. And then that becomes a contrast to what does it feel like when I'm in a situation that's not right for me and there's resistance or there's irritation or there's uh, frustration or whatever some of those not, or there's bitterness or this, this whole situation is leaving a bad taste in my mouth, whatever those not self themes are, it becomes a real contrast for that. And then we can start to see what the difference is through the deconditioning process. I think that takes us to a place where we start to naturally move toward what feels good, what feels natural what feels aligned, what feels resonant for us. I think that's kind of the whole point. And it contributes to the longevity of our physical form. Because as we all know, if the body breaks down, if the health breaks down, what do we have? I think that's part of why Ross said the body is the life. Because it's easy to think that all kinds of other things are really important until the body breaks down or until we have a major health crisis. And then suddenly what matters? The only thing that matters is whether or not we're actually healthy and functional in our physical bodies.
1: Yeah, I have my own personal experience with that. Before I encountered human design and this knowledge, I had been spending most of my time, energy, and life working as a generator. And I'm a projector. And I was working jobs that required a lot of time, energy, and output. I was working long hours, working in software companies. I would gotten to the point where it just felt bad. Something was wrong. And my body was really talking to me louder and louder along the way. I was having weird health issues come up, digestive issues, skin issues. I was in a constant state of exhaustion. And I started thinking that there was like something wrong with me. Like I was really sick or I had a weird disease or condition. Started seeing doctors, started talking to people both in the, you know, in the alternative fields of health and medicine and the traditional Western medicine paradigm, getting tests run. I basically went on a long odyssey of trying to figure out what was going on and heal myself. You know, Long story short, I was able to do a lot on my own by just becoming more aware and informed in terms of what I was putting in my body and what was working and what wasn't. But honestly, it was human design that was the first thing that came in years later after I had pretty much done most of what I could do on my own that said, you're not operating correctly. You're trying to be something you're not. You're trying to use your energy, your body in a way that it's not designed for. And simply by stopping doing that, by slowing down or working less or going to bed earlier or whatever it looks like you know, for the individual, whatever it looked like for me, A lot of those issues just started clearing up automatically. They went away. There really is a a much deeper process of healing that can set up at that point. I also found in that process was that there was really no one who knew more than I did about my body, my life, my experiences, who had the whole story, who knew what I had been through. I certainly benefited from different healthcare professionals who would have a uh, point of reference that they could offer me or some tools or different ways of looking at things. But it, it goes back to that inner player, that dance of listening to oneself, taking in the information that's coming in, checking it with your own direct experience. And like you're saying, putting the responsibility back on oneself for being a active, aware participant in one's health and life. It's going to start from the body. And we see that in the deeper levels of human design as well. It's strategy and authority that takes us back to our body, to our body's form consciousness and intelligence. And then we have other points of reference like PHS and dietary regimen in the four transformations that starts with the body and feeding it correctly according to the correct conditions or circumstances and supporting our unique design. And what we see is that the body wants to realign and it wants to operate as itself. I think the cool thing about
0: that too is that if you experiment with some of these things, if you experiment with strategy and authority, if you experiment with PHS, if this feels like the right time for you to do that and you have the right guidance for that, then you can find it actually becomes a sort of self-nurturing, self-fulfilling process where as you start to work with these tools, you start to get more of a sense of what the intelligence in your body is telling you. And then as you follow that, it actually increases the sensitivity and the specificity of that body intelligence. So in the same way that, you know, following your dietary regimen, for example, is something that can really accentuate your natural cognitive sensory intelligence that the more you do that, the more refined your intelligence, your body intelligence becomes. And then it becomes this process where it kind of feeds on itself and it becomes more and more refined and it becomes more and more accurate. And you also develop your own sense of trust with yourself and your own awareness as you're interacting with all these different influences in the world. And then I think you really get to see, it's not not either or, it's not one or the other. It's kind of the same way we talk about how none of us can really avoid conditioning. Whether conditioning is coming in through our relationships or through the transit field or through the collective or through information, however it's coming in, the conditioning is not the problem. The problem is if we use the conditioning to replace or obstruct the inner knowing of the body. If we work with it, then our body's intelligence is gonna help us to know which conditioning to use and when and how it can serve us. So it's almost like taking that conditioning in and taking it back to the body's intelligence. And then through the trust we develop in ourselves and our own awareness, we, we just get better and better, I think, at navigating what we have access to.
1: And the mind can begin to trust the body more or to relax a little bit more, stop struggling as much or over trying to override the body's natural impulses or the signals and signs that it's giving us. I feel like that's a big part of what we're up against is are we moving through life and letting the body lead Or is the mind constantly grabbing the wheel and operating from what works for other people or what we're being told and then second guessing what's happening to our body? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the body is going to talk louder and louder and louder, and it's going to get our attention. And it sometimes comes with a major illness or a health crisis. And oftentimes things have gone on way too long. You know, a metaphor would be the house is on fire. That fire started in the kitchen on the stove. You probably could have pulled out the fire extinguisher or thrown some water on it, depending on what type of fire it was, and put it out. Instead, what we do is we wait until things get so bad that we have to call the fire department. If we're taking responsibility for ourselves and we're listening to our body, we probably could have seen and addressed that earlier. And we probably knew it on some deep level in ourselves. But are we listening? Who's in control here? Who's the driver? we pretty quickly will offload that responsibility onto something outside of ourselves you know whether that is to another person or it's to some scripted template or one size fits all Diet or health approach, like okay, this works for me, it must work for you, or everyone needs to go do this. And if you need to exercise more, or you need to eat this way, or you need to, to not do this. And these are all homogenized approaches to taking care of ourselves. Some of that's going to work, but a lot of it's not, and it's probably going to take us down roads that are going to result in some sort of crisis at mm-hmm. some point.
0: I think we've had this con this conversation before too. We've talked about sometimes getting in alignment with ourselves or getting in alignment more with our own nature is sometimes more of a deconstruction process than a process of figuring out well which modality or which practice or which thing do I need to add in to my experience. A lot of times it's just experimenting in a small way. I like this point you're making about like, start, start experimenting with it and testing it out and working with it before you have a major crisis. If you can, Sometimes it can be as simple as just stopping doing the things that we compulsively do. If you're a projector and you find that throughout most of your life, you've, you compulsively insert yourself into situations or force your way in or manipulate your way into situations and then find that they require you to overwork yourself and continue to push really hard to stay in them, maybe you can start by just stop doing that, stop initiating things. Stop pushing for things and going after things and chasing things down. Just stop and, and see what happens. See if you die, <laughs> you know, see if the world falls apart. If you just slow down or if you just stop pushing or you stop inserting yourself, if you're a generator and you notice you have that inner, there's a little inner voice in there, or there's this gut feeling in there that's saying, don't do this right now, or no, I don't want to interact with that person or no, I don't want to do that activity anymore see if you can just listen to that in a small way. And you might see what you might start to see a shift happen pretty quickly.
1: makes me think of like the elimination diets that you see out there where something's not agreeing with me. I'm there's something in my diet that's not working. And you know, a lot of nutritionists and food coaches will say, well, let's start taking things away. Let's figure out what is it? Is it gluten? Is it dairy? Are you allergic to certain foods? And we can take that As an experiment, it's often taking things away rather than it's like adding, doing more or trying to control things in a, in a way that's ultimately coming from somewhere outside of ourselves. It often is just kind of a deconstruction process of figuring out what actually works for us. But there, there is a feedback loop that needs to be in place where we are observing and watching how our body responds, how we feel the subtle signs that we might see as part of that process and then eventually some clarity can emerge we can be more aware we can be more informed the mind like we're saying can then hopefully take a little bit of a back seat to the body as we see that the body actually does does it has its own sense of what's correct for us we see that a lot in people who you know have started working with their dietary regimen their PHS which stands for primary health system in human design, they'll find out what their PHS is. Like, for example, mine is second color from the design Sun Earth, and it's considered closed. It's a rigid, repetitive, very selective digestive system that's not designed to eat everything. It's not designed for modern foods. It does better with more seasonal, local, regional foods close to nature but it optimizes through time and through repetition by eating the same things. When I started experimenting with my PHS is that I was already doing that. I was like, oh, that's me going to the same restaurants all the time, ordering the same thing. Or I find something that I really like that tastes good and I just keep going back to it. But then what you're going to hear from others is you should be eating more variety in your diet. You know, those are too many eggs. You shouldn't be eating that many eggs or, or something like that. We're going to ultimately run up against what we're being told from the outside versus what our body naturally wants to do. I have an example, too, of my son who is color six in his determination. So that's an indirect eater. Indirect is sensitive to light and designed to eat mostly at night. He was born before I had found human design and had access to this knowledge. And I remember, you know, when he was getting up and going to school in the morning, trying to get him to eat breakfast, for example, as a caring parent, a parent who wanted his son to go to school with a full stomach and a good breakfast, but he didn't want to eat it. We kind of went back and forth and sometimes he would, sometimes he wouldn't, but he naturally was not hungry in the morning. And then we'd send him to school with a lunch and his lunch would often come back half eaten. So we start thinking, oh, maybe there's something wrong here. This is not the way people eat or, you know, everyone needs three balanced meals a day. Well, it turns out that he is not hungry during the day and he likes to eat at night. He'll often come home from school and want a snack and then he'll eat dinner and then he'll eat a second dinner later. But you see some families have rules like, no, the kitchen's closed. You eat everything. You clean your plate. You eat what we feed you when we feed you. And then we wonder why our kids are getting sick or why, you know, why they're not healthy in some way or you know they, they don't feel good. I think that's a big part of what we're up against is we're up against basically homogenized, conditioned health, regardless of how well-intentioned it is. There is no one size fits all. And I think it has to be brought down to the individual in terms of what is correct and healthy for their bodies and listening to that. Unfortunately, human design gives us a lot to work with there. We have a lot of points of reference in the deeper levels of design and the substructure. We have strategy and authority to start with, basically a way of kind of interrupting the mind's grip over the life and pointing us back to the body so that we can feel into our sacral response, or we can get in tune with our splenic instincts or our senses, and we can learn to trust that.
0: Yeah, I think one of the cool things that's happening now, even though it creates a sort of overwhelm, is that we have access to so much information. I mean, there are so many practitioners out there. There are so many nutritional regimens and behavioral regimens and exercise programs and health philosophies, there's so many of them out there now that in some ways, it's not as simple as just maybe, you know, 100 years ago, if you had the family doctor, and they said, do this, and that was all you had access to, you know, now it's sort of like, we have access to uh, millions of different streams of information and bodies of knowledge and recommendations. And in a way, that's really overwhelming. But on the positive side, I think it puts us in a position where what can we do we're sort of forced to have to navigate that in a way that, you know, maybe we weren't forced to in the same way in a different time right now, especially with everything going on in the world. And, and there's a lot of, a lot of different health issues that people have been experiencing. I think um, in recent years, the, the kind of things we see coming up in children, there's a lot going on in terms of health. I think it requires us to consult something inside of ourselves in order to navigate that, which is ultimately a support for our individual intelligence. I think ultimately that's a good thing.
1: So today's talk was really just a introduction to looking at health through the human design system. It's not meant to be exhaustive or to be a substitute for your own experiment or working with qualified professionals. I feel like there's a lot that we can work with on the surface, starting with strategy and authority in terms of a way to reduce internal and external resistance. We can come back to ourselves. We can begin to recognize through our design, what actually does work for us. We can experiment with maybe not compromising that as much. Watch what happens when we do see what happens when we don't. If you'd like to go further into human design in terms of health and and see what that system has to offer, a great place to start is with your dietary regimen, your PHS. That being said, that is an area of design that is very time specific. You need to have an exact birth time to work with. Using information like your dietary regimen without an exact birth time, it might be worth doing the extra legwork to get a copy of the birth certificate or to get your birth time rectified. There are certain astrologers who focus on that there. You can do it with a good human design person. You can talk through it and find out what actually makes sense. I think a lot of people will find that their body's already moving in a certain direction and that the human design knowledge is something of a confirmation or validation of that. But to ultimately trust your body, trust your direct experience, and be willing to pause, stop, or step back if something doesn't feel right. If you have a wrong birth time and you're following an incorrect determination, you may actually see some health problems crop up as a result. It's it's something that does need to be approached with a certain amount of awareness and precision and care.
0: I really liked the point that you were making about don't wait until something becomes a major crisis to address it. If you have a sense... I think for a lot of us, our issue is not really with our awareness. It's not really with knowing what the truth is. Often our issue is with having the courage to listen to that and to act according to that. I would say if you have an inner voice or an inner sense or inner knowing that there are certain behaviors or there are certain practices or there are certain activities or things that you're doing that are really not sustainable for the health of your body, they're really not healthy for you. I would really encourage you to start working with that while it's still in a smaller scale format, because where that kind of stress can actually lead for most of us, and for most of us, we see stress. Stress is one of the biggest factors in ill health. If you know that there are things that are creating stress or that are detrimental to your well being, start addressing it now, start experimenting with it now before it becomes a more major health crisis, because if we lose the health of our bodies, that really does become everything. And the mind can convince us that other things are more important than the health of our own bodies. The mind can try to convince us that it's more important that we have to attend to this or that, or we have to uphold this or that, or we have to accomplish something in the world. But if it's not sustainable for our physical form, then what do we have? We don't have much. That would be my big piece of advice or encouragement for all of us. And if human design is a good tool for you in doing that, if it helps you to address some of those things, I say use it, use it for all it's worth, especially now. I think we're living in a time when the health of our bodies is at the forefront.
1: The body is the life. The body is the life.
0: Thank you for listening to the Human Design Collective podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please review us and share. For more information about us and to connect with others on this experimental journey, please visit us at humandesigncollective.com. You can also learn more by exploring our course and workshop offerings at courses.humandesigncollective.com. Music for the Human Design Collective podcast, courtesy of Role Model. For more information, see the show notes. And please stay tuned for more upcoming episodes on the same channel.